Welcome to the Beyond the Box Store podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I interview Coach Pat Monahan. He's an assistant men's basketball coach at Southern Illinois. Coach, how's it going? Going well, going well. Appreciate you having me on here. Oh, no problem. Coach, you want to give yourself a, a brief introduction to our listeners? Yeah, uh, like I said, appreciate you having me on. Uh, Pat Monahan. Uh, here, assistant at Southern Illinois uh, University. Uh, I uh, just finished my 15th year of coaching. Uh, I've been fortunate to uh, be in uh, this profession at a lot of different levels. Uh, D2, junior college, division one, uh, met some amazing people uh, along the way uh, and uh, along my coaching coaching journey and stuff. And it's uh, it's been great with the relationships that I've developed uh, over the course of uh, my career so far, uh, not only with the coaches, but, but the players. Uh, and I think w- throughout the course of time, I think with, when you look at a career, uh, big believer in knowing what, what you're doing within your career. And, uh, obviously you coach to help guys get to where they want to be. You coach to help kids become successful. Uh, you hope you coach to help kids, uh, develop into young men, uh, and uh, I, I, I've tried to never lose sight of that. Uh, and that's why, uh, I mean, I, I've enjoyed every stop that I've been at uh, and every uh, boss that I've worked for and the staffs that I've been on uh, and throughout, throughout my time so far. That's great stuff, Coach. You know, our listeners won't be able to see it, but Coach, you must have started when you were 15. You look like you're 30. <laughs> I, don't fe- I don't feel like I'm 30, however, but... Uh, uh, I did start when I was 22. So as okay. soon as I, as soon as I uh, got done playing, uh, I uh, three, three, four days later, I started as, uh, as a grad assistant. So I was, uh, I hit the ground running uh, right, right away. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. But, uh, but no, it's, uh, I, I can't believe I've been in it for 15 years already starting my 16th year. Uh, it, it, it goes by fast. Uh, but uh, it's 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 enjoyable, that's for sure. Coach, talk about growing up in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up on the north side of Chicago in the city, uh, and uh, I mean, I, I, to this day, uh, played uh, AAU, and I got guys that I played AAU with that are in the profession, uh, that played against that are in the profession. Uh, and then, uh, after once uh, eighth grade rolled around, uh, my family moved out to the suburbs, the Northwest suburbs. So I went to, uh, uh, public, public high school out in the suburbs, uh, whereas in uh, grade school and middle school, I went to a Catholic, uh, Catholic school. So, uh, I kind of had both, uh, uh, different, uh, if you want to say, uh, from a Catholic private school to public schools, uh, kind of both both, uh, both of those experiences. And then, uh, obviously it, it was great because, uh, in the city you got to really, I mean, I got to play against some really good, really good guys growing up in AAU, uh, and then seeing their careers, uh, their playing careers develop, uh, in high school. Uh, when obviously I moved out to the suburbs of Chicago where there were obviously good players as well. So I uh, stayed in contact with a lot of those, a lot of those guys uh, that uh, followed them in college, played against them in college. 
Uh, and like I said, I mean, there's a few now that are coaching high school in the Chicagoland area and that are, that are coaching in the, in the profession as well. So I think it, it was a great experience for sure. What made you go the JUCO route after high school? Uh, I was, I was a late developer as far as a player, player wise. And uh, I felt like I, I mean, I had some opportunities to, to, to play division two. I was being recruited by D three schools. Uh, but I, I hadn't, I wanted to play. My goal was to play division one. I, I was always competitor. I want to compete at the highest level. Uh, and I wasn't physically ready. Uh, number one, I knew I probably wasn't talented enough or uh, athletic enough. So, I, I mean, I, I needed to go to uh, a junior college to develop, develop myself some more and develop my game. I was fortunate to uh, play for a guy named John Bagley uh, at Harper college who played in the NBA uh, for 11 seasons. Uh, obviously, he was a big-time point guard at Boston College, uh, played on the Celtics. Uh, I learned a lot from him. I still stay in touch to him, uh, with him to this day, uh, and that was a great experience uh, for me. Uh, obviously, it led me to uh, play Division II basketball uh, and had a great two years after I got done playing at Harper. You spent your freshman and sophomore year at Harper, uh, earned a third-team all-American JUCO honor in 2004. How much did your recruitment blow up as far as coming out of high school then to being a, a polished player coming out of a JUCO? Uh, I mean, it. I was, it, 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 I wouldn't say it blew up, but uh, I mean, it was, uh, I had some different, different offers, some different opportunities uh with within uh obviously a lot of division two some d1s and stuff but like at the end of the day to me when when i played for two years in junior college had success really felt confident in my game to me at the end of the day the the level didn't matter to me i i didn't want to go just to a place where i was going to go oh hey i'm playing division one basketball uh like to me that didn't matter i wanted the experience uh and uh experience presented itself when I went to uh, Lewis University, played for a guy, uh, Kyle Green, uh, who recruited me. Uh, the previous coach at the time, Jim Whitesall at Lewis, had an unbelievable career at Lewis. Uh, he, he recruited me uh, when he was at Lewis. He left to take the Loyola job. Uh, and Coach Green uh, got the job at, uh, at Lewis. Uh, and he kept one of uh, – one of the GAs that they had on staff who was recruiting me at the time. So I had a previous relationship with uh, and uh, kept it going. And I felt like Lewis, it was a great opportunity for me. It was only an hour away from home. The GLVC was a great league uh, at the division two level. Uh, and I felt like uh, it was, it was a good opportunity for me to, uh, to step in and, and, and contribute and play right away. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it was one of the best, best decisions I've made uh, in, in, in my life with playing because uh, Kyle, Kyle Green was great. Obviously, he's, he's been one of my mentors uh, throughout uh, throughout my coaching career uh, as well. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it, it it was a great experience for me because I got to continue to play right away. I, I got to continue to uh, work on my confidence uh, th that I had uh, in my game coming from junior college, having some success. So uh, that's that was the biggest thing for me. You mentioned that prior relationship with the graduate assistant and me coaching at the division three level, 
I've kind of experienced it where you, you know a graduate assistant is going to be there for two years and depending on the budget, probably not going to be retained in a, a full-time spot. So how difficult was it knowing that the, the guy on staff who you had a relationship with wasn't going to be there most likely when you graduated? Uh, I mean, to, to me, like that, that wasn't a huge piece once, once I got there, because uh, obviously the head coach assistant uh, obviously developed relationship with me and stuff over time. Uh, obviously the, the guys, uh, my teammates were great and stuff. So, I mean, for, for me, it wasn't necessarily like, oh man, I'm locked into this guy. And I felt like, oh man, I, I had to be loyal to him. I, I mean, to me, yeah, it was great because it bridged the gap to start with uh, for me, but I mean, uh, Kyle Green, my head coach and Ben Wearsby at the time uh, as my assistant coach, I mean, they did a great job of develop, developing a relationship uh, and over time and stuff. And uh, I just wanted an opportunity. I felt like if, if I had an opportunity, uh, I could take it, I could take advantage of it. Uh, Cause uh, I mean, I always, I believed myself and what, what, it, what I could do. Uh, and then they gave me an opportunity and uh, that's, that's really all, all I, all I needed. Uh, and uh, I was, I was thankful, I was thankful for that. And uh, they just, just their relationship too over the, over, over the two years that they were there. When did you realize that you wanted to be a coach? Was it, uh, you know, playing for coach green or, or prior to that, did you always know that you wanted to be a coach down the road? Well, I mean, I knew, like, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I didn't know what, what level, uh, I mean, I, I, uh, my dad coached me when I played. Uh, and, uh, so, I mean, like, uh, grew up obviously being coached by my dad every single day, taking criticism all the time. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he was my toughest critic, uh, and stuff. Um, uh, but, uh, I didn't really know what the college, what college coaching was about. I didn't know the inner works of the business side of it or this or that. And uh, really until probably going into my senior year of college, I was like, all right, you know what, maybe, I. Uh, I do want to try coaching at this at the college level and see what it's like, because uh, my undergrad was in sport management. I didn't have a teaching teaching degree or anything like that, so I couldn't really go the high school route. Uh, so I was uh, I was kind of intrigued by the college college game and 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 what it was like. So I learned about it throughout. Uh, I mean, really throughout my senior year of college too, uh, and, and stuff, and uh, found found out more about it, researched more about it, and. Uh, Obviously, uh, felt like, all right, this, this is what I really want to do when I'm done playing and stuff. And uh, I, uh, I went in full, uh, full throttle and uh, started networking with some coaches th throughout my senior year and stuff as well. Uh, and then once I got done playing, obviously, really trying to uh, find out what opportunities that I could uh, that that I could get and uh, potentially. Uh, because the hardest thing to do is get a grad assistant spot. That's the hardest thing to do. And uh, I mean, obviously with my with my connections and my playing experience and uh, just some of the relationships I developed, I was fortunate to uh, to get a position right after uh, right after college. You know, Wayne State College hires you as their graduate assistant, like you said, you spent two years there. What was it like being a first time basketball coach after 
playing basketball practically your entire life. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I moved out to uh, Wayne, Nebraska, uh, four days basically, four days after I, four days after I graduated, I went out there to basically like uh, interview, interview, and uh, Coach Burkett at the time, uh, Co- Coach Green, Coach Green knew Co- uh, Rico uh, from uh, Coach Coach McDermott. I'm obviously working under Greg McDermott and stuff, so uh, I. Obviously, I got out there, got an interview. Uh, it was, it was great. Uh, I mean, I didn't know where Wayne State. The only Wayne State I knew was in Michigan. I didn't know there was one in Nebraska, uh, but uh, went out there. It was great. I mean, it was a culture shock for me because Wayne, Wayne, Nebraska is only five thousand people. Uh, so, I mean, growing up in Chicago and knowing what I mean, moving out to a small town that was really difficult for me, uh, but. I was like, you know what, I, I never thought I'd get a master's degree, number one, have an opportunity to do that. And it was an opportunity for me to coach. Uh, so, I mean, I was 22 years old. I felt like, all right, I mean, Rico's the head coach. We had another full-time assistant myself. So I felt like I was, this, this was going to be coaching one-on-one. I, had, uh, I could get my hands on everything uh, from recruiting, from scouting, from player development uh, to, uh, to, to being on the road recruiting. Uh, and I just felt like it was uh, a great opportunity for me. Uh, got the job, got offered the job a few days later, and then I was back out there within an, within another week. So uh, it was it was a great experience for me, and very fortunate of that opportunity. Nice. You know, you returned to the JUCO level as an assistant coach uh, from 2008 to 2010. I'm curious, were you full time or? Were you working elsewhere? Talk about that experience as a coach. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I was looking for a full-time spot uh, after after uh, Wayne State. And, uh, I mean, uh, again, I mean, being on the road uh, for two years uh, at Wayne State as a grad assistant, which was great. Uh, I mean, I tell guys all the time, I mean, like, uh, to be able to network, uh, the more you can be out invisible, be on the road recruiting, uh, and people seeing you is how you can develop relationships too. Uh, and uh, at the Division II level, you, I had the opportunity to do that. So, uh, I mean, going going the junior college route, I mean, I, I think at the time too, I had opportunities to uh, potentially be a high school head coach if I wanted to go that route again, wanted to go that route to try. But I wanted to stay in the college game. And uh, I had the opportunity uh, to go down to Coffeeville. I uh, worked for Coach Herkelman. Uh, it was a full-time spot. I was also the assistant uh, director of student life. So I lived on the on-campus apartments. Uh, I got to uh, eat in the cafeteria for free. Uh, and uh, I, I got to uh, coach basketball. So uh, there was one other full-time spot uh, that Coach Coach Herkelman had at the time. Uh, and uh, it was... Uh, it was great. It, it, it was great. Uh, at the time, Coach Kyle Campbell, uh, who's currently there now, uh, he went back there. He's he's there uh, as, a, as a other full time spot, and uh, it was great uh, because uh, we got to, we got to recruit. Uh, I knew Coffeeville and Coach Herc was there at the time. I think maybe fifteen years, fourteen years already. So he has, he really established a program. It was a nationally known junior college program. Uh, and, uh, so, I mean, I really learned the inner works of, uh, junior college recruiting, especially in the state of Kansas, when at the time we only had six out of state scholarships. So, uh, you had to really recruit the state of Kansas. 
uh, hard, uh, and you had to make sure that those six out of states guys that you had on the roster could be impact guys for you. So uh, you had to do a good job evaluating. You had to do a good job of making sure that they can be impact guys and help your team uh, right away. Uh, so that was it was it was a great experience for sure in in, in two years. And uh, I was fortunate to be full time uh, there for two years. You guys go 46 and 20. You guys won the Jayhawk East Conference Championship in 2009. You know, I'm curious, who were some of the coaches reaching out about your players? And what was kind of the makeup of your roster? You know, you mentioned the six out of state. Did you have a lot of those kind of last chance you guys, or were you getting guys who, you know, they, they were qualifiers, they had offers, they just kind of wanted to bet on themselves? Uh, I think it was a, it was a little bit, a little bit of both. Uh, like I said, I mean, we, uh, we recruited, we try to get the best kids in the state of Kansas. That was, that was our goal uh, because you can only have six out of state guys. So for us to, to really be out recruiting, uh, I mean, we were, Tuesday, Tuesday and Friday nights were when Kansas high school basketball was played. So like we were out every Tuesday and Friday night uh, as a staff, Kyle and myself. And uh, I mean, uh, we, I mean, we really try to hit home with, with the state of Kansas and try to get the top two or three kids that were going to go Juco uh, in, in that, in the state. So uh, that was important for us uh, to, to uh, obviously um, get the, Get, get those types of kids in state. And, and then we ventured out uh, from obviously uh, throughout the country as far as uh, we felt like guys that could really help us. Uh, and I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, every kid has, everybody has issues. I mean, there's no, there's not, no doubt. I mean, it's just finding find the kids that, that fit what you're trying to do, how your boss can, how your boss can coach and what those kids are, uh, are about. And uh, I mean, I think uh, we did a good job of that. Uh, over, over my, at least my two years that we, we were there. And uh, obviously Codville and Coach Herc's done a great job of uh, sustaining his success. And obviously them, them winning a national championship this past year uh, was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, the, the people that support that program, the community that supports that program, and obviously Coach Herc's been there for 25 years for him to, uh, and all the people that are, that have supported that program for so long to see them win a national championship this past year uh, was, was great, was unbelievable. Uh, I, I still have relationships with some people from boosters and uh, that still support the program that still live there and obviously coach, coach Herkelman. Uh, so that was great to see uh, them as well here, uh, achieve that accomplishment. Good stuff. Jim Whitesell hired you as a Dobo at Loyola Chicago. Um, you talk about the prior relationship. Two-part question. Uh, was Sister Jean still a super fan back then? And, and what was your first D1 experience like? Jim Whitesell hired you as a Dobo uh, at Loyola Chicago. You talked about that prior relationship. Uh, Two-part question. Was Sister Jean still a super fan back then? And, and what was your first Division One coaching experience like? Yeah, uh, Sister Jean, she was still there. Uh, I mean, she... Uh... She was she was great. I know uh, Coach Wise, Coach Whitesall, he would he would have lunch with her like every Thursday or something, uh, and uh, she still she would come to uh, our practices. She was obviously that was 10, 11 years ago, not from now. Uh, so I mean, she was she was more she was obviously 
walking. She was more active and stuff at that time. But uh, I mean, during Loyola's previous one run when Coach Mullins was there and stuff, I mean, she's she's still sharp as can be uh, and stuff. But uh, I mean, yeah, she was she was uh, she's an amazing uh, woman and uh, God bless her. But uh, it's uh, that first college experience. I mean, the Heisman League at the time was so much different because you had Butler, you had Cleveland State, you had Valpo. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a high level league. I mean, uh, it, I mean, Butler was going to final fours. Uh, Valpo was really good. Cleveland state was really good with Norris Cole. Uh, so, I mean, like it was a big time, uh, league at the time, uh, 2010, uh, 2011. So, uh, I mean, it was probably at one of its peaks, uh, with, with, when I was there. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was a great experience, uh, uh, to, uh, to go to uh, to go to Loyola and work for Coach Whitesaw. Now Loyola has changed over the past 10, 10, 11 years with what they've done with their facilities and how they've uh, done an unbelievable job of uh, uh, the support of the program. Uh, and that's credit to obviously what 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 they've done there and what they've built uh, with Porter and Brian uh, and uh, over the past 10 years. Uh, but uh, it was a different different uh, environment. I mean, 11, 12 years ago when I was there. You know, the, the team didn't have the success that they had hoped for. Um, ultimately, the coaching staff was fired. Unlike the head coach, usually the assistant coaches and support staff don't have multi-year contracts. Talk about what went through your head when you found out you were going to be out of a job. Uh, I mean, that was the first time. That was obviously, the first time being part of staff was that was let go. Uh, for me, I was 27 at the time. I really didn't know like the true business side of the profession. Uh, I mean, you really don't until probably until you get, until you're part of a staff that's fired, uh, at, at, at the end of the day. And it really opened up my eyes to obviously the, the business side of it. Uh, however, uh, I mean, with being on the road, the previous four, four years, that was my fifth year coach and just finished when I was at Loyola. Uh, I mean, I felt confident with the relationships that I developed uh, being on the road recruiting uh, and uh, obviously just staying in contact with uh, with a lot of different people. Uh, and I didn't care for me, I've, it's never been about the level that I've been at. So uh, obviously talking to, uh, having the opportunity to talk with coach Morgan Thaler at Minnesota State, knowing about the program that he had uh, uh, established and stuff. And actually, they were just coming off a Division II Final Four when I was there, uh, when I was at Loyola, and we were let go. So, uh, I mean, he was looking for an assistant spot uh, that uh, is the spot that I, the guy's spot that I took, he left to take a head job as an NAI, NAI head coach. Uh, so, Matt, as we got fired, uh, was let go. Uh, they were still playing. I mean, they played till the last week in March. So I'm like, I'm watching them. I, I, I'm trying to really recruit the job and uh, any way I can, any way I could. And uh, after the season got over and stuff, uh, I mean, there was some other opportunities where I was trying to get involved with, but I really thought like, okay, this could be a great opportunity for me because I knew of Minnesota State. I, I, I knew Mankato. I knew what it had to offer. I never was on campus there though. I knew it had 15,000 students. I knew it was the second largest university in the state. I knew they had played in a 5,000 seat arena. Uh, 
and I know he they're coming off a division two final four. Uh, so I'm like, this could be a great opportunity. And I didn't, didn't know coach Morgan Thaler personally knew him through a couple of mutual, mutual guys and stuff, but, uh, really, uh, worked, worked the job, had the opportunity to go up there and interview. Uh, it's great. I mean, I was fortunate to, uh, to, uh, get hired, uh, with him and coach, uh, coach Morgan Thaler and coach Schotter and, uh, never thought I would be there for six years. Uh, however, uh, it was great because, uh, Coach Morgan Thaler gave me that opportunity. Uh, number one, when I didn't have a, when I when I didn't have a job, uh, but then uh, number two, he let me really uh, coach. He really let me develop kind of an identity uh, for myself. Uh, and I never thought I'd be there, like I said, for six years. Uh, but uh, he let me do my he let me do my thing uh, as far as recruiting, uh, player development, develop relationship with the players. And uh, Coach Morton there's one of my one of my good friends. Uh, I mean, him and Coach Schotter. Uh, I mean, it, it was great, uh, and he did a great job of uh, obviously showing how much I was a value to his program and stuff. And that's part of the reason why I stayed there for six years too. Uh, but uh, it was it, it was great for sure. Now you talk about being there for six years, 2011 and 2017. Um, Mavericks made four NCAA tournament appearances, won a pair of conference titles. I got to ask, how tough was it to schedule Division Ones at a powerhouse like Minnesota State? I mean, I'm assuming schools weren't lining up to play you for a guarantee game. <laughs> yeah, well, my first year, when I, after they just came off the Final Four, uh, my first year, we were, we were 7 and 19. So they just come off the Final Four. And the guy who left, he, I mean, the position I feel is usually most, mostly a recruiting position, like is a recruiting position. So he left, he left before their final four, before the final four run. So to take a head job. So like, I didn't get hired till the middle of May. Uh, so, I mean, like we signed some guy, like when the season goes that long, uh, I mean, you just, you don't get to see a ton of kids and, and stuff. So, I mean, when you got hired, the roster is mostly filled and stuff. And they had some guys coming back and, uh, I mean, we had some new guys. Uh, obviously, things didn't work out. I mean, we won seven games. Seven. We were seven and nineteen that year, and uh, it was uh, it was like, oh man, like this is what it's like. I mean, this is what it's like here. Like, I mean, we just came off a of Final Four. We won. We we just won seven games now. Uh, but like I said, Coach Moore the other gave me an opportunity to uh, really establish my identity as far as recruiting and stuff and uh you let me full reins with it and uh it, it was great we got a couple kids that transferred in that semester uh and uh and we got a couple transfers in the spring so i mean like we had the opportunity to schedule some division one games i think that year we played uh iowa state minnesota uh that year and uh we just won seven games so i mean like at that time like transfer the transfer market wasn't as relevant as far as it was, as, as it is right, like it is over the past two or three years. So uh, from, from that standpoint, uh, I mean, probably some, some of the schools didn't really know what type of guys we would be getting in and, and stuff like that. Uh, so from, from that standpoint, uh, that kind of was to our advantage as uh, well. So, I mean, I think that year we played Minnesota and Iowa State. Uh, and uh, I mean, obviously we didn't win those two games, but uh, that, that was the, that last year. So that was 2000, 
12, 13, that was the last year that we played, that Coach Morgan had played Division One, up Division One in an exhibition game until uh, we had them come down here to Southern Illinois to play an ex exhibition game here uh, two years ago, our first year here. But, uh, and then see that year, uh, we won 28 games. Uh, we go from seven wins to 28, game, 28 wins. Uh, we won our league, won our conference tournament, hosted the region, lost in the Sweet 16. Uh, so that was uh, that was a pretty pretty big accomplishment for us, uh, going from seven wins to twenty eight wins. Two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. You mentioned you know the team gets twenty eight wins, uh, which obviously a whole heck of a lot more than the seven uh, that first year. You have more games the next year, going thirty and five. Uh, were you guys getting? Were you guys getting D one transfers? You mentioned the transfer market wasn't what it was today, where we have sixteen hundred transfers in the portal. Um, but were you getting, you know, true freshmen or transfer? How are you making up the most of that roster? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, like we, I think we had a mix of mix of guys. I mean, we did have uh, a lot of transfers, uh, Division one Division one guys, uh, and we felt like we kind of used we kind of use that because obviously you couldn't transfer from division one to division one uh, and uh, without sitting out. Uh, so, I mean, for us, like we, we kind of hit the market where, I mean, we really sold that. All right. Mankato, we are second largest university in the state, 16,000 students played an unbelievable arena. Uh, we had division one facilities so we could sell kids on, all right, coming to Division Two, still having the same resources, while playing at a high level, competing to win, and we, we had coach uh, over his time. I mean, he had multiple guys have the opportunity to play professionally too. So we sold that within the recruiting process, and uh, I think it was a great opportunity for our guys. The biggest thing that we had then, what we started getting over the course of time, is being able to recruit one-year guys. So we were able to get them a degree in one year. Uh, and uh, being able to graduate, which is, one of the most, is the most important thing, uh, while having success and then being able to move on. Uh, but also, we really felt like uh, that was because you needed some transfers, some difference makers to put you over the top to compete uh, at, at a national level every, every, every year. Because, uh, I mean, coach wasn't about just recruiting freshmen, getting freshmen, and being good every four years. Uh, so for us, uh, it was a place where you could, you could sustain success while building it with transfers, but also getting some really good freshmen as well. And we, and we did that. Uh, and we did that uh, throughout my time there uh, for us. And uh, it, it worked. Uh, I mean, we did a great job of that. Uh, coach was great, uh, obviously with the uh, the relationship piece of it with the players as well. Uh, and uh, the hardest thing for us was trying to just sustain the success. I mean, to, to me personally, I think that was the most, one of the most rewarding things was to sustain that at that higher level year in and year out for basically five straight years uh, that, uh, that I was here and, and, and stuff. And uh, that was the challenge uh, of, if you want to try to compete with yourself every single year and every single day was trying to sustain it every single year. And uh, I think, I mean, people, people took notice of that uh, and, and stuff. And 
when you're on the road and, and stuff and people in your league are like, well, why are you here at these high school events? You don't re really recruit high school kids. Well, yeah, we do recruit high school kids, uh, but like we're going to take the right high school kids as well. Uh, so everybody has uh, their philosophy for recruiting and stuff. And uh, for coach Morgan Taylor, that was his philosophy for during the, that time period for, for recruiting and stuff uh, uh, to, to sustain success. And we did a great job of that. And what helped though, too, is we got transfers, but at that first year uh, when we had, when we got transfers after our seven, seven uh, win season, we got, we had three transfers, excuse me, four transfers that had at least three years. So we had guys in our program for three years. So we, we got them after one year at being at the division one level to come back uh, and basically be with us for three years. And obviously they were really good players uh, from that standpoint, but uh, throughout that time too, obviously then you added one, one year transfers in as well. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was a great formula for success from uh, uh, building a, a program, building a roster from, from that standpoint. You mentioned winning 20 games, uh, your final five seasons. I'm curious, were you in the mix for any other jobs during that time? Uh, yeah, I, I was. I mean, like, I wanted to uh, to get potentially back to Division One level, and uh, I uh, I had some opportunities. I, I just wasn't going to leave just to go back to Division One level because, uh, like I said, I mean, I I enjoyed competing. I enjoyed winning. Uh, and I always felt like, uh, I mean, people, people want to know why you're winning. People want to know why you're successful. So I always felt like if you can uh, build something of success and that, and you're winning, uh, people are going to, are curious to know why, how you're winning and why you're winning. And uh, I wanted to uh, sustain, uh, sustain that. And we did that at Minnesota State. And I wasn't going to just give that up for, for just to go say, uh, I'm, I'm going back to division one. It had to be the right opportunity. Uh, coach with coach Taylor did a great job of uh, obviously uh, keeping wanting, wanting me to stay and stuff uh, with financially help me and stuff. But uh, I also like, I mean, at the time, like I, I, like when you're fired, you really look at things you look at, you evaluate things, you really look at like, okay, what's important to you? Uh, what's, what situation are you going to land at next that your, your next opportunity is going to present itself for the potential of success. And uh, I did that. I was, I did that. And uh, I was obviously, I mean, after six years though, I was really trying to, uh, I felt like it was time to move, move on and stuff. And, uh, I felt like it was, uh, I had the right opportunity that presented itself, uh, when I, uh, when I went to Milwaukee. What made Milwaukee the right choice? Uh, did you have a prior relationship with coach Baldwin and, and were they in the horizon league back then as well? Yeah, they were in the horizon league back then as well. And, uh, they were really good. Uh, Rob Jeter, uh, he was, uh, obviously he was there for 11 years. He, went to three, I think three NCAA tournaments. Uh, I mean, they were here in the top half of the Horizon League every single year uh, early there in his tenure. And uh, I mean, I had a previous relationship with Coach Baldwin. We worked together at uh, Loyola. And 
obviously he was at Northwestern uh, and they were just coming off their NCAA tournament appearance. And uh, I knew the type of person Pat was. Uh, I knew what his values were. I knew he, he was a grinder. He loved to work. Uh, and uh, I mean, I was, it was an opportunity for me that I couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't turn down. It was uh, in a location. Milwaukee was, a, is a great city. Uh, it's a region where I, I'm, I've no recruiting landscape where I believe I could, could have helped them and uh, where I could bring something to the table. So from that standpoint, I felt like it was uh, something that I really wanted to uh, go after and stuff and uh, had that opportunity. You know, us in the business realize, you know, a D1 and D2 polo don't make a whole lot of difference when talking to other coaches. Did it open some doors with players, you know, potential recruits and, you know, maybe some AAU coaches? Uh, yeah, I mean, it obviously, it, I mean, it, obviously it did. I mean, people are going to talk to you more uh, and, and stuff from that standpoint. But I think, like, you can't, you can't worry no matter where what level you're at or like you can't worry about what I mean who's going to answer your call or who's going to talk to you this or that like you you have to be confident in in your work and and what you do uh and uh I think if you can be a resource to somebody uh if it's at AU program if it's a high school coach uh if you can find a way to help them out in any way possible I think they'll they'll be open to helping you helping you out or uh, asking you about it, asking you about a kid or, uh, and, and basically returning the favor at the end of the day and, and sustaining, sustaining that relationship. But yeah, I mean, obviously to, to initiate some conversations and get you in the door and stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously that, that, that always helps. There's no question about that. How cool is it to be one of the few teams that beat Loyola during that 2017, 2018 run? Uh, and then the, you know, watch them have that matchful postseason run, not just because you beat them, but, you know, you, you had been there before. Yeah, 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 no, a, a, absolutely. And uh, I think leading up to that week, it was uh, it was our finals week, and Loyola just went to uh, Florida and beat Florida. And uh, so uh, it was a return, I think it was a, it was a return game from the year before. Uh, so it was a second, second half of a series, uh, the last of return game that, that we played uh so they came to our place and uh, i mean for for us fortunately i mean like i mean they didn't have they didn't have two starters in the game um i mean i don't mention that really but uh i mean for us uh it was a challenge uh we caught them at the at the right time uh it was great for our program for coach Baldwin's uh program uh at the time it was great for us obviously i mean they were a really really good team uh it was actually uh, it was actually my scout, uh, so I mean I, I now that I work for Brian, uh, some <laughs> I don't bring it up much, uh, but uh, it was uh, it was a great it was a great experience for our guys and uh, it was uh, I was just really happy for Milwaukee at the time and Coach Ballin and we didn't know the run Loyola was going to go on and stuff uh, and uh, it was fun it was fun for us to obviously have success, uh, uh, really, then, I mean, we lost in the Horizon League semifinal uh, 
of the conference tournament that year. And then uh, for us to see Loyola go on and have success and uh, knowing that we were one of the five teams that beat them that year, uh, that, uh, that was pretty cool. Coach Mullins hires you as an assistant coach to Southern Illinois in 2019. You know, one, how did that opportunity present itself? And did you know that if Coach Mullins got that head coaching spot, you'd be one of his first hires? Like, had you guys talked about that, you know, hey, what if type of scenario? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we never talked, we never talked about that. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I grew up. I grew up uh, playing uh, against Brendan, his brother, uh, and stuff. Who's on staff here, and uh, so I mean, for for uh, for myself, uh, I mean, like I never was, uh, I never was like in conversations, or we never had conversations of, uh, hey, if he got the job here, Brandon, like it was never really about that. And uh, I mean, I, I think in this business timing, timing is everything and getting lucky is, is everything, uh, as well. Uh, I mean, obviously things have to work out, uh, for certain, certain reasons, everything's got to kind of line a row, uh, to, to get hired in, in, in this profession, to get hired on staffs and stuff. And I just think timing of, of how things worked out, uh, regardless if I was his first or 30th, 30th guy. I mean, it, for me uh, to have the opportunity to uh, work for him, work at a university uh, like Southern Illinois, uh, to be a part of a community uh, in a region uh, down here in, in the Carbondale community in the Southern Illinois region, knowing the success that they, in the history of the program, the, the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, and uh, to work with, uh, work with a guy uh, and a staff that uh, I mean, I knew uh, that I believed in uh, that uh, could potentially be a great opportunity. Uh, something that I tried to uh, see what I could do, uh, and obviously, it—I uh, mean, it paid off uh, for me, and uh, it was—it uh, was great. It was a great opportunity uh, for for me, and I'm very fortunate every single day to uh, to be here working for working for coach and working on the staff and we have a great staff. I mean, we challenge, we challenge uh, each other every day. I mean, we have, we have a, we have a ton of fun doing it. We, we, we really work uh, and uh, we really try to better ourselves and better the program every single day. And uh, uh, I've, I, I've been here two years now and I, I, I've learned a ton from every single person that uh, I encounter here on staff and uh, here in the athletic department every day. You mentioned uh, him having his brother on staff. How unique is it to have the older brother of a head coach on the same coaching staff? And I got to ask, who's the better shooter? Uh, definitely uh, Brennan's the better shooter. Uh, Brian is probably, uh, I mean, Brian is tougher uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, uh, I mean, you could say it's, People, that's the first thing people say. Yeah, how, how unique is it? Is it a unique situation? I'm, I'm like, I, to me, from day one, I've, I've never felt that way. I've never taken that approach. I mean, I've, I've always been the type of guy that what can I bring to a staff to help us be successful, regardless of who I'm working with. I've always felt like, uh, I mean, I'm being part of a staff is being part of a team. I mean, you're telling your guys to uh, buy into a system, to buy into a program, 
Uh, and uh, if you can't do that as, as a coach uh, and as a staff, like you're going to be counterproductive and your players are eventually going to see that. And uh, so for me, I've never, I've never felt that uh, from, from day one. I mean, I, 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 what can I do to help bring value to this program every single day and to the guys that I work with? Uh, and uh, I've always taken that approach. I'll continue to take that approach. Uh, hopefully if I'm continue to be in this business and have a job in uh, 15 years still. Uh, and uh, so that's, that's kind of how I look at it. And uh, that's, that's kind of uh, the approach that I'll always take and, uh, and stuff. Marlins is named the runner-up for the MVC Coach of the Year. Uh, he also won the Joe B. Hall Award given to the nation's best first-year coach. Did you share any of that incentive bonus, or was there a nice lunch or dinner after that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not, I mean, I think uh, COVID hit, so, I mean, <laughs> still got to go out to dinner. Uh, but, uh, but, no, I mean, uh, like, that's, that's a testament to Coach, uh, and obviously – uh, him as a leader and uh, the obviously and to our guys because our guys bought into we had assigned 10 new guys that first year and uh, for for those guys to buy into what coach uh, talked about every single every single day to instill the the value of our program because I mean you're instilling your culture every single day uh, especially that first year and that second year and uh, like you have to, you have to instill it every single day and practice it every single day. And, uh, our guys bought into that and, uh, they let, they let us coach them and they let us teach them. And, uh, I mean, I think that, uh, that was a big part of our success in our, in our first year, uh, because we had 10 new guys and, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was great, uh, for us, but, uh, I mean, coach did an unbelievable job of, uh, of really bringing guys together and still in our culture and still in our terminology, our program, and uh, just being an, uh, an unbelievable leader. Can you talk about leading? Your team started out 6-0 and and then went through a losing streak. How do you keep a relatively young roster, and like you said, 10 guys that have to get signed, focused and not to get discouraged during that time? Yeah, I mean, it, we were the – I think we were the – seventh or ninth youngest team in division one this past year and uh, i mean it was by design um yeah we started off seven and oh six and oh and non-league and i mean we had we had some injury we had injury uh, a couple injuries uh i mean we had one of our guys out all year we had our second team all league guy freshman newcomer of the year out for the year for the rest of the year after those six games uh, we were a young team. Uh, we had a three-week COVID pause right after that, uh, starting seven and one. Uh, so, I mean, we had a lot of challenges in front of us. Uh, however, uh, I mean, during that time, I mean, during those, during that losing streak, I mean, we 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 grew as as uh, as a program. Uh, but the biggest thing is to not let your guys lose confidence. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, you got to continue to instill confidence in your in your players uh, from on the on the court to off the court uh, to motivational to motivational uh, substance. Uh, I, I just think constantly uh, instilling that, uh, especially with a young group, uh, and knowing that we are we are a good team. We just can't 
we can't have multiple mistakes. We have to limit our mistakes. Uh, and uh, I mean, actually here, going back in the last few weeks here, watching a lot of our games from last year and uh, breaking, breaking down uh, some of the, some of the, our defensive uh, uh, ball screen post defense and what we could have done differently in, in those situations or some things offensively. Uh, I mean, we, we were close, but we were far. And uh, hopefully here coming up in June and July, when we have our guys here the next eight weeks, we have some of that as, as motivation uh, and stuff and uh, to get better every single day. And uh, we're, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to the summer here with, with our guys. That's awesome. Coach, we've come to the segment I call start, bench, cut. Give you three things. You start one, bench one, and cut one. Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Uh, we got to go with Under Armour. So you're going to start Under Armour. Who's coming off the bench? Uh, we'll, go with, uh, we'll go with Adidas. Okay, and then Nike's getting cut. Uh, growing up in Chicago, Steve Kerr, Ron Harper, Luke Longley. I'm going St Steve Kerr. He's your starter. Who's coming off the bench? Who's getting cut? I'm going. Uh, I'm going uh, with uh, Ron, Ron Harper. Okay. Uh, Celtic pride. White man can't jump. Semi-pro. I'm gonna go with uh, semi-pro. And okay. and then I'll go with white man can't jump. Okay. And then I'm everybody's not favorite. I'm not a Boston fan, so. <laughs> everybody's favorite question: Hoop dirt, verbal commits, transfer portal. Oh man, well I would say, uh, transfer portal is number one, uh, especially this past uh, the past two years, and then uh, I would say uh, hoop dirt and verbal commits. Okay. Who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Three guests. Uh, one would be, I would say, uh, Josh, Josh Sash, uh, assistant at North Dakota State. Uh, the other one I would have, it would be, uh, I would go John Bowler at Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And then the third one I would go with, uh, if you want to go Juco, uh, I would go uh, Kyle Campbell at Coffeyville Junior College. What advice do you have for coaches either trying to get into the business or uh, move their way up the ladder? Uh, I mean, the best advice I would give them is basically uh, try to be, try to do the best every single day where you're at. If uh, you can't worry about uh, your, your next, uh, your next job, what the next job that's out there. Uh, I mean, you just have to, and we coach does an unbelievable job of this every single day of, trying to just get better uh, today. Uh, I mean, if you can, uh, if you can go home at night and, and when you shut it down, if you can look back and be like, did you get better today? Then it's, it, it's a win. And uh, if you can stack a bunch of those uh, back to back to back, uh, eventually you're going to have more wins and losses. And uh, I think a uh, big believer in success uh, follows those who work. So, I mean, I think if you, if you can really just, 
uh, stay focused on tasks that you have, the people that you're around, the program that you that you work in, the boss that you work for, the players that you're around, and how you can impact them on a daily basis. Uh, you're going to have success, and then opportunities will find you. I re- really, really believe that. Uh, and uh, I, I just think uh, once you start uh, losing focus in some of those areas, uh, then there's potential holes that start to fill in. Uh, and then that can uh, lead to uh, obviously some slip ups in some different areas. And uh, that's why uh, you just got to do the best job uh, that you that you're at every single day and stay focused with the different tasks that present itself. We connected because you were gracious enough to provide me a scholarship, actually my only ever scholarship that I've received uh, from my rising coaches membership. What made you decide not only to be involved with rising coaches, but to pay extra money for guys like me who you've never met and will likely never need a favor from? Uh, I mean, like I've, I started, like when rising coaches started, like I think nine, 10 years ago, like I think I went to like the first or second conference that they had. I, I, I think I was an assistant uh, at Coffeeville at the time, I believe. I went to one of their, one of their conferences uh, out, uh, out in Vegas there. And, uh, I was like, man, this is, this is a great opportunity for, for young coaches to network and, and stuff. And a lot of those guys were video coordinators or D one GAs. And, uh, I was, I was already a GA and I was an assistant jun- junior college coach. So at the time, like there wasn't many coach like Juco coaches or even division two coaches in the first couple of years, they were a lot of support staff. And uh, so, I mean, for me, like that was great. And then obviously what, what they've done uh, to grow that uh, obviously community and stuff and uh, how it's taken off is, uh, is a credit to all those, those guys that have started it. And uh, I mean, they, they've taken it to another level and it's just been resourceful for so many coaches out there, especially young coaches. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've always felt like, I mean, just having that opportunity to, uh, to give back uh, because uh, you never know when, uh, when, when you're going to need something. I mean, I might need something here uh, in, in the next year or two or three years, four or five, 10 years, like you never know. So, I mean, I, I just think if you can pay things forward and help somebody out, uh, like I said, I mean, if, if you can do the best job, uh, if you can do the best at the job that you're currently at uh, and impact people uh, where you're currently at and uh within the profession, with your players, the people that you're around. I just think that uh, hard work gets rewarded uh, and you don't know when your opportunity is going to present itself or you never know when uh, you're going to need to lean on somebody. So that's, uh, I'm just a big believer in in that as well. Coach, I can't thank you enough, not just for coming on the podcast, but obviously, um, you know, the the mentorship uh, in in the, you know, past few weeks that, you know, We've connected and obviously for uh, the scholarship, I, I didn't feel like putting on Twitter, blessed to receive an offer from so-and-so university. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just be, you would just be like everybody else who puts it up there. So I don't know how much it really means. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> but coach, uh, I appreciate you. Um, it, it, lastly, if listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way, email, social media, or what have you? Yeah. Email or social media. Uh, I mean, is, is, is the best way. I mean, I'll, I'll try to respond, 
that, that day or later that night, whatever, whatever uh, time frame it is. But I, I try to truly get back to uh, people that reach out and try to uh, connect in any way possible. Uh, and if, if I can help them out uh, in, in any way. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.